Hey everyone, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us each and every week for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I am one of your hosts, Marcus Stewart. I'm joined by Kyle, King of the Hilliard. King, King, oh, King of the Hill. Oh, the return. Oh, I've said this before. You have, and I think it gets me every time. But thank you. I'll be King of the Hilliard. Sure. There you go. And our other guest, Mr. Charles, the King of Hearts. Okay. Yeah. 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 I had to add the, because you don't have an S at the end of your name. So that's a. That's true. That's true. I'm yeah, yeah, King of the One Heart. My my whenever it's like Halloween and on Twitter everyone changes their name, I make mine Charles the Telltale Heart. Oh, uh, that's nice. So I'll I've, allow it. I have never done that. The uh spooky Halloween like social media handle. I and I think a lot of that is I don't know what you would do with my name. And also I've learned as I've gotten older that I'm bad creating names for things. <laughs> like when you have to, when I have to make a custom name in a video game, it becomes progressively like, or it has gotten progressively more daunting. Of like, I don't know what to call this guy. Like, you don't just do Marcus, or you don't? I mean, I do usually, but it's like boring, right? You're like, I should come yeah, up with like true. a cool name for this like warrior guy that I got in Baldur's Gate. Like, I don't know. Do you guys? Maybe because I grew up not having nicknames, so I'm not used to being called anything but my name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I usually just go with my name i it, here's what i do i i'm kyle because i okay. want to do the the role play thing of like that's i'm in the game even if it doesn't really look like me and then if i play as a, a female character which i usually do given the choice i go by kylie mm-hmm. so i'm very i'm way i'm super creative is basically what i'm trying to say what, what's your halloween handle do you do that oh, i've never done that i don't i don't care. kyle <laughs> kyle thrilliard then I, but see, then Ooh. I have to change it back at some point. When you, you change it back, like you get a November full month. 1st? I mean, I Halloween know. comes earlier and earlier each year. It's much like Christmas, where September is basically Halloween month now. So right. you pretty much get two months to, I guess that's to hold true. on to it. My girlfriend had a roommate a few years ago where I was at her place on August 31st and then came back September 1st. And it was covered in Halloween decorations. Like oh. literally the midnight, it was like bust out the big fake spider, the fake <laughs> cobwebs. And it was like, it was really intense. So I do. Yeah. I We don't do really Halloween decorations in our house just because primarily because we just dread the act of putting them away. Like we'll just like, let's just get rid of that whole process. But I do kind of want one of those big like eight foot Home Depot skeletons that are popular. You know, <laughs> Those things are cool. Put one of those in the front yard. So do you not do Christmas either for the same reason or no, we, we Christmas is the one that we do. We'll do a Christmas tree, but, but truly, I mean, it's, it's a factor of laziness. Honestly, it's just like, oh, if, if we put a pumpkin up, we got to like deal with it in a month. <laughs> it's, the <same> reason, <laughs> it's the same reason I don't change my name on Twitter. It's like, this is just something I got to deal with later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's cool, uh, Kyle, like you're, you have red hair. I don't know if you're aware of this, by the way. Oh. Um, but it's it, it fits the season, the fall season, like that color. Okay. And I, I, I think so. That's like a decoration in itself that you don't have to put away because it's just like your body. So you, you know, get it, man. I yeah. could have sworn it was green like a few months ago. <laughs> I, don't think I, so. I was going to say, is there a reference? Like, was your hair? Green? Uh, it was, well, and then in the winter, it's going to fall off. 
was kind of leaves. Uh, Jeff was a joke. All right. It went in red coat. Gotcha. It went. Uh, it went. Hey, we can we can go to someone else's we'll, we'll, joke now. We'll we'll spruce up. <laughs> we'll add some uh, canned laughter or something. Uh, Matt Storm can add. Some oh yeah, laughter. dude. What if we had a laugh track for the whole podcast? Ooh, I, I would love that. to oh, do yeah. an episode that was sitcom themed. It would be fun to make the podcast unlistenable. Um, that would be a cool. That'd be something not a lot of other podcasts are doing. I yeah. Well, what if we did? If we didn't do a laugh track for the video version, we do sort of like modern sitcoms, like The Office, and we just have awkward camera angles and like zoom ins. <laughs> that'd be. A good we do confessional, like a community like style away. thing. Yeah. I do do I have some of those tools? I don't know. I'm not yeah. gonna. You... I'm not gonna bore everyone with me checking to see if i do but i think i do what do you call that it's like fake documentary basically right yeah mo- mockumentary. mockumentary i guess yeah. there's a word for that uh yeah it's either that i don't think you do laugh tracks for those kind of shows because the camera angles are kind of like no that's funny enough so I, I, those are the only two ways you can do a show <clears throat> basically so but it wouldn't work for the audio version so i think the audio version has to have laugh tracks but the video version is like community office style it's going to make mm. a very cohesive listening slash viewing experience for people that like to see both it's going to be great and twice as much work for matt yes that's sorry right. matt. <laughs> <laughs> i think it might be like three times as much work <laughs> but you know what is a lot of work but we love to do it guys it's playing video games which we've all been doing we have a lot of games to talk about this yeah. week uh Big lineup. It's following another big show last week. Uh, I think this is going to be maybe the uh, the status quo for the rest of the year, just given how packed the release schedule is. Uh, it's just yeah. all of us being like, yeah, I'm playing like five games at the same time. <laughs> and a lot of them are new. And, and God help us, please. Will we finish all these games? And hopefully they're uh, good. And that too, which thankfully this year, a lot of them have been, you know, more often than not. So I, the big one for me, uh, sort of the kick off the discussion is... Uh, Alan Wake 2, I got to play quite a bit of it. And the same preview trip uh, where I got to play Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth uh, while I was in L.A., there was a day where uh, they had a big Alan Wake 2 event. This week was insane, by the way. Like, I couldn't talk <laughs> about Alan Wake last week when I talked about the other two games, but now that... uh. I'm allowed to. I'm just going to point out that that was like, was that basically just like a surprise E3? Because it was like <laughs> between those three events and then the Nintendo Direct and then the State of Play happening the same day that was announced kind of last minute. It was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> when did we I know. This? Yeah. Thank you, Marcus, for doing that because I, I reached out to you and I was like, the good news is there's a bunch of good games to play for preview. <laughs> uh, and you're excited about all of them, I assume. The bad news yes. is they're all day it's like literally day 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 right in california it's like you spent one day playing spider-man one day playing final fantasy then one day playing alan wake right it was all like back yeah to back all to back, back to back <laughs> yeah i mean it was great i mean like so i'm excited for all those games so i mean i'm not going to complain about but like yeah i want to get first hands on for those three games i, I want to play yeah. you know the fun thing about getting to hang out with peeps you know had dinner with ben hansen shout out to him that was fun Ooh, no, I'm sorry. okay that was <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say cause do i do the thing where i just name drop people and i see how you react like and uh, i got to hang out with oh no Janet I was garcia dinner. i love dinner dinner's great uh no okay. i'm sorry i was booing i was booing dinner. dinner dinner is bad oh, booing. Oh, ben's, okay. ben's great yeah like dinner as a concept is bad dinner terrible get rid of it <laughs> no like lunch. more boo after lunch no what thank a, you i love that as a stance <laughs> anti-dinner <laughs> <laughs> why are we eating at night who, who decided that rule uh, my no, stomach sorry, i didn't mean to I, I, please continue you hung out with janet who's great and ben who's you know, uh fine. yeah I, he's listening so I, you know <laughs> 
Yeah. And I'm, shout I'm, out to Ben. <laughs> the guy you podcast with every week. <laughs> exactly. I literally just got off the call with him. We did some movie trivia. So Yeah, and some other folks, uh, Lucy James, Tamora Zane, hung out with them. Hey, my other uh, more former coworkers of mine. Yeah. A few other peeps there. Great to see everybody as always. But yeah, Alan Wake 2. Uh so I got to play two very pretty lengthy demos. Uh one as Alan and then one as Saga, the, the new character, the FBI agent. Uh, they had a cool booth that was um, unlike any I'd ever been. And specifically because... So the game has like a cult that you're trying to like get to the bottom of. They're like, I think they're called the Cult of the... Uh, I keep forgetting her name. And I keep wanting to call them the Cult of the Supreme Being. Which, if you're a history fan, that is a French Revolution-like <laughs> thing that Rose Pierre was the head of. And it is not th- this... But they, they're basically these guys that wear deer mask. And at the event, they had like actors dressed up like the cult members that would walk around all of the booths and just sort of like stare at you every now and then. Like they were supposed Ooh. to be like menacing. So we're all sitting in front of our TVs playing the game. And then periodically a very tall man in like a big green rain jacket with a deer mask would just kind of hover over oh, me weird. and just stare at me and it was like i would like look up like and then yeah. that was like what do I... tips. how do i solve this puzzle yeah he just points at the screen is just silently just like <laughs> no go go over there that's what you want to do did it uh, did it enhance your experience that's a question it, it did it was a cool like they had a like graffiti around like they basically made it look like um i don't know which level in the game but like an area in the game i guess uh so i guess yeah they're trying to immerse you in there and then yeah they had those creepy guys i i I, the only thing i was really thinking was like i think i would do that job like (laughs) like if you're going to be like hey you need to be like a performer for a game and if you want to be like wear a mask and just intimidate journalists as they're playing a video game (laughs) that sounds like a pretty sweet gig actually all right (laughs) you just stand there and don't talk and get paid i'll take it um but yeah uh so between the two demos uh yeah like said roughly probably like two hours total uh i'll start with saga and we should have some um some ngts of uh my play sessions up uh that you and i did kyle uh which is actually my footage that i captured while playing and yeah saga is very up so like her story you know she's a new character fbi agent she's investigating bright falls in in the pacific northwest trying to catch a killer and then also trying to figure out what the heck happened to alan wake and you know eventually discovers that he's trapped in the the dark place and sort of is basically her sort of his lifeline in the real world it's at least that's what it looks like in the trailers like trying to help him get out of there from her side the section i played was in this small little village called water it's like a fishing village and you're just sort of going around talking to people and like her side of the of the coin at least from this slice and just other trailers seems to be leaning more into the investigative side of things, which would make sense given she's like a, basically a cop. Uh, you're talking to uh, citizens, you're like, what you're trying to find clues. And then if they say something noteworthy, it'll go on your little uh, case board, which is in your mind map, which is basically the main menu for both Alan and Saga, where if you, at least on the PS5, hit the touchpad, you'll open this, You'll basically be transported to a room that is essentially your in well not inventory but basically your menu for like hey here's all the clues you've collected here's all the notes here's all the profiles for every person that you've met and it updates over time 
and you can just sort of manually walk around like at least in saga's mind map it looks like a sort of like a cabin where it's like oh you go to your desk here's all your profiles you go to the wall here's like a kind of like a what's the like the the charlie day meme where he's got like the, oh, the yeah, flow yeah. chart on the wall mm -hmm. like that thing of like okay here's everything i found so far linking it together like what does it all mean and every time you get a new clue you're like manually putting them on the wall in the correct sort of like category of like okay this pertains to this person or this clue pertains to this specific event that i'm trying to figure out uh it's a cool thing that's kind of confusing at first just because it just seems like you fast traveled suddenly when you hit the button because you're like instantly in a room you're like whoa i'm in a new area and then you kind of <laughs> have to get used to like oh wait no, no no this is my my menu basically um which i'm grateful that there's an option to toggle to more a more straightforward like kind of text-based version of it while you're mm -hmm. there so you can just like tab between all the things instead of manually walking to like the desk where the weapon upgrades are or whatever it may be yeah i imagine late in the game you will kind of just just want to look at it as a menu at a certain point right if you're like referencing it a lot but uh it's a cool it's a cool concept for sure yeah i mean even in a demo i started doing it as i there were like points where i got like multiple key clues in a row and i was like oh i gotta go put all these up on the wall so i'm just gonna do it the uh like you still have to do that part like putting it there but in terms of navigating to that section it's just quicker to do it with the tabs but uh but the uh the vibe is definitely more reminiscent of the first Allen League just because, you know, you're in Bright Falls or around it. So it's like, okay, it's that weird sort of Twin Peaksy Pacific Northwest area. All these people are kind of weird in ways that you can't even always articulate. You're like, they just seem off for some right. reason, um, even if they're not like bad necessarily. Uh, there's like a weird thing going on where everyone in the town not only knows her, but is acting like she's lived there before and that she's coming back from like a long absence, which is the, one of the things that's kind of throws Saga off. Where she, they're like, hey, where you been? And like, you got a trailer because you're trying to find like, you know, you're trying to get Lisa and this killer and Lisa and this slice. They're like, oh, you're going to find something about that in the trailer park, in the trailer that you own your house. Don't you remember? <laughs> oh weird do they call her by her name do you remember or yeah oh weird. Odd. very cool very fascinating interesting yeah or she'll introduce herself and they're like oh yeah you know they're not like oh nice to meet you and it's, it's and she has the same reaction where she's like okay but she's also smart enough to sort of play along with it like yes my house could you tell me how to get to my house just by the way <laughs> she said you know i might have forgotten it's been a while <clears throat> um but like it, it's fun to just because of how weird everything is to go talk to people and uh like i'm a sucker for like a good sort of detective story or like detective mechanics of trying to figure out like okay i talked to this person he hinted me towards uh like a sauna near the the lighthouse so i should go there and find something and like if i talk to one other guy he seems to know something about the cult that i didn't know and there seems to be at least some optional information that you can find depending on who you talk to and when. Whereas, like, I don't, even if I have what I need to do the main quest, you can get some supplementary information that can open up additional dialogue options with different characters of like, oh, I learned something about the cult. I'm going to go talk to a person I already talked to to see if they, if they have something to say about that information, you know? And mm -hmm. it might not add anything to your chart, but it's still more like, oh, okay, I didn't, maybe you have a little nugget that i wasn't aware of before yeah the, fir the first game was one of those games where it's like you could go talk to a lot of people but it was like rarely you needed to yeah right but it was one of those games where i was like well yeah i want to talk to everyone everyone's like has some strange 
thing about them, you know, and it sounds like that's moving forward where it's like you are incentivized to talk to everyone, not because they have mechanical gameplay value to you, but you're like, I just want to know your deal. (laughs) Yeah. And the same goes with like reading stuff. Like there's a bunch of signs and like bulletin boards where, you know, again, some of it's just flavor. Some of it does have some value of like, it might add, it might update something on your flow chart. Like, okay, this fleshes out this town a little bit more and maybe I can use this for later. Um, but like that demo eventually took me to like this amusement park that was themed after coffee. And that's kind of where the bulk of the action took place where I was getting attacked by all the, uh, sort of shadowy figures that the taken, I think they were called, but the combat feels good. It's very resident evil four. I guess that's like the basic, like if I could just oh, so it good. Exactly. It feels <laughs> good. It's I mean, it's the over the shoulder thing. Yeah. But and I said Resident Evil before one, because, you know, we get that remake this year. So it's kind of on my mind. And then second, because like Remedy has been very clear about saying Alan Wake 2, they're going for pure survival horror this time. Uh, you know, that comes down to like managing uh, ammo and resources where it's sometimes better to maybe not get into a fight if you can help it. You know, like there's at least in the between the two slices, there were at least multiple paths where it's like, okay, I think I could sneak past or avoid this guy if I wanted to, if I maybe went right. And that might be better because I've only got like two flashlight batteries and I don't know when I'm going to find another one or it's been a while since I've seen the last uh, the little safe house, uh, which I, I, I'm a survival horror fan. So like that immediately sings to me <laughs> as I'm playing it. But even just the the combat encounters, you, like having the 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 enemies like throw hatchets at you and stuff and you kind of do like the sort of like half-ass side dodge <laughs> to avoid it is very resident evil 4 and i just kept thinking of that as that was happening to me it's like yeah i'm just kind of like stepping to the left once and i just avoided getting my head chopped off by the sickle yeah why why roll when you can just gingerly step you know that's just that's just energy conservation it's so realistic too like if, if someone's throwing something at me the instinct i would have to do a full somersault and then <laughs> land back on my feet afterwards versus like oh, yeah it's exactly. great oh, i mean have you ever, and it, i i have this uh thought all the time when i think about like video game or even like movie like actions that you see all the time that you never do in real life and like the dodge roll is definitely one of them it's like when it how often if ever do you roll out of the way of something (laughs) but we do it all the time for anything in video games but it's like have you ever dodge rolled legit ever (laughs) i don't think so and neither does saga i mean she has a dodge button and alan does too where she kind of does like a ah like a she kind of ducks a little bit. I always like that because it just feels more natural. Like, I don't yeah, know. It's I, like, I, I they're just, not going to do anything fancy. And you still get the satisfying sort of joy of like, oh, I got out of the way in time. And I think if, does it ever, I feel like in Alan Wake 1, it would even slow down if you did it uh, well. I don't know if, I don't know if it does that in 2, but. Uh, I don't think yeah. so, at least. Or if, maybe if it did, I didn't time it right. But yeah, Maybe later in the game or something like that. Upgrade you got to get or something. But yeah, like the, the combat feels good. You're still doing the dance of like shining them with your flashlight you know, exposing the or getting rid of the darkness and then just blowing our heads off. There was like some speedier enemies that uh, gave me a harder time just because they can catch up to you pretty fast. I'd say the enemies, they definitely had that sort of like unpredictability, even the standard one, just because, you know, they start by like lumbering kind of slow and then all of a sudden they like warp in front of you super quickly. And then because you have a, a very slow reload animation that can get pretty hairy when you're taking on even maybe like two at the same time. And you're like, Oh my revolver, I got to reload all my bullets. 
and you're taking your time and then you think that you have enough time but then they suddenly like jump in front of you or warp in front of you see i i kept having to back off a lot and just to give myself some breathing room to like let me just get like two bullets in here just really fast and i kind of i like that tension that that created and again as someone that generally tries to avoid conflict if you give me the option to it's sort of like reinforced like you know maybe this wouldn't be so hard if i just didn't get into a fight with these guys at all what if i just maybe went the other way or was better at stealth um the puzzle solving i came across like the environmental stuff was largely around unlocking like padlocks for these different like coolers that were like caches that the cult was leaving around that are like hey you'll find these notes and they'll be like hey i left the crossbow here but the code you got to figure that out here's a vague series of clues or like here's some convoluted way i decided to um <clears throat> explain how to open this thing like there was one where um I had to open a lock by looking at the staff board for the theme park and seeing all of their duties. And then each of them had like coffee beans next, oh, like a number of coffee beans in their photos, I think indicating like maybe like a plenty of the month status, almost like gold stars of like, you got four beans. This guy's a good employee. <laughs> and then like, uh, the hold on, note... I'm writing this down to implement here. Uh, beans? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then like the, uh, the, problem was like oh okay this uh the combination's based on the list of occup of occupations so like janitor i think one of them was like lookout and then the other one was something like I'm trying to remember like gather or something like that and then trying to figure out what that like how that corresponded with the list of duties on the staff like okay gatherer would that be like the lost and found person that they gather things technically <laughs> And then seeing like, okay, how many beans do they have? That's three. So I guess that's the number three for the padlock. Like like stuff like that. Where you're like, okay, that's that's actually pretty clever. I, I like that. I think I like that. It, it, like at least the puzzles I found, they were all challenging without holding your hand, but not like obtuse. Mm -hmm. Which is all I can ask for, really, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you want the satisfaction of, of coming to a solution without without it being too easy or too hard, right? That's that's tough to find that middle ground and Sounds like it is, hopefully, so far. Yeah, and the Alan stuff was a little bit more, uh, like, surreal. Like, that, like his big thing, because he's set in a, in a dark place, you know, the super weird dark realm of horror and magic, I guess. <laughs> um, he's exploring his hotel. Uh, I love this bit, just because it reminded me so much of The Shining. Just the, It's like in this abandoned hotel that is, like, haunted with all these just, like, entities trying to kill you. You got all these locked hotel room doors and a lot of them you don't even have to go into like for critical path but there's a lot of like keys you can get and you'll even hear stuff on the other side of some of them that made me wonder like what is if i go in there is something bad gonna happen like, there was one that i i never found the key for but i really wanted to where it was like you just heard a woman kind of like either moaning or like humming but it just sounded very unsettling and i really wanted to know what was going on in there and like the first time alan goes up to it, he's i think he even had like a line of dialogue he's like is it worth going in there like if, is something <laughs> bad, should i even try like something bad gonna happen to me if i go in there and i was like well now we got to see what's in there you but, got it, all right Jeez. but like his big thing is pretty much just changing and manipulating the environment he has that uh the dark place lamp which is that like dumbledore light stealing tool basically where he's sucking light sources out of bulbs and placing them in other places and then depending on whether an area is light or dark it changes the environment uh so it's like hey there's a 
wall in my way here. Well, not if I take the light away, because the dark version of it has no wall, and I can go forward. Like, the fact that, like, it looks instantaneous, where it just, like, pops, or things pop in and out of existence, looks super cool to me. And then sort of the more complicated version of that is the the plot elements, where you'll explore around, you'll find these echoes, which are basically these in-game, like, live-action cutscenes, very much like Control had, where you just see, like, a live-action scene sort of, like, overlaid within the game. And then sometimes he'll get, like, a inspiration of, like, oh, murder, a murder, okay, that's a good plot device for a story. <laughs> what if I applied that murder scenario to this room, and then it transforms that room into the aftermath of the murder, and then that might basically give you a path forward like there was a it's it's cool and it's weird to explain like it's almost like you have to see it to really get what i'm talking about but yeah it's basically like you pick a thing in your mind map and then you just transform the environment to that thing or like a it's the same environment but it's like in that theme of like i had a haunted plot element where like if i applied it in certain scenes that area became a ghost story uh Mm. And then, you know, even there's only one right answer for like critical path, but you can apply multiple plot elements to the same scene and you'll get like every version of it. And then sometimes you might find something good or you might find something bad, like an enemy that maybe wasn't there before or something like that. Okay. Uh, so, but like Remedy is encouraging players like, hey, you know, experiment, just try different things and see what happens. And also just like it's almost like kind of like connecting like prefabbed rooms together. Because there was one sequence towards the end where I had to turn the entire hotel into the murder mystery. So I had to go to different rooms. But like, okay, now you're you're the murder. Okay, this room, you're the murder mystery. And then, like, the last room, I think I had it set to the haunted one. So you could see almost the line of, like, okay, this is the haunted story. And then this is the murder. Because the murder one, all the walls are, like, covered in blood. And there's bodies all over the place. And then the haunted room had, like, this sort of, like, summoning circle looking, like, chalk drawing in the middle of the floor like a seance was going to take place there or something like that. And you can kind of even visually see the distinction between the two. And I think that's a a cool touch. It lends itself to some cool, like environmental puzzle solving that I don't really think I've seen in a game before, but I had like, I really liked what they did with it in that demo. Just like making you think like, how can I get past this? Like what plot element would make sense in the, like the context of like what's happening in the hotel or what I need to get to. But overall I had fun with it. Like I, I'm I'm somebody that liked the first Alan Wake, but I'm not as in love with it as some people are. Like I enjoyed it, and that's kind of and I I walked away and didn't really think about it too much. But mm. yeah, it's probably my favorite Remedy game. I think. Although I do like okay. the, I think I like the original Max Payne a lot. But yeah, I, Alan Wake was also the first game I ever got early for like journalistic purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like freelance writing at Games Radar, and they and they were able to get me a copy for a feature I was working on. So that that game will always be like special to me for that reason. But I also just I just love the combat. I love the I, we talk about it in the new gameplay today. Just sort of the the system of like using the flashlight then the gun. I think just creates such like a thrilling sort of slow motion moment where like enemies like walk at you and you're just like counting down the seconds until they're until you can shoot them and you want to make sure they're not too close to you like i just i love that uh sort of mechanic so i'm i'm really eager to sort of uh jump into the sequel for sure yeah i think my only concern is just like if the story gets too meta <laughs> and confusing oh, like sure. even in, yeah. even in there are even moments in the like alan side of things where like you're watching a 
a cutscene with Alex Casey, who's like the the character in his like crime novels, and he said something about like, oh, like the hotel was like having a basically like a LARP where they're like, oh yeah, we have a thing called interactive theater where we have a murder mystery and everyone in the hotel plays along and it goes, uh, you know, everyone's in on it, but then someone got actually murdered during that, <laughs> and he was. It always he, happens. Yeah, and even he said, like, oh, man, this story seems really meta or something like that. Like, <laughs> he dropped that word in there. But then that became meta because it's like that's Alan's fictional character talking about, like, in his world, a play where there was an actual murder. And then you're taking the, the plot element from all of that to apply to, like, reality, quote unquote, whatever, if the dark place is reality, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then moving forward, like there are layers there where I'm like, okay, I'm afraid they could lose the thread here a bit. Uh, so I, that's my only words. Like, is it going to get too up its own butt? Which is like, like Inception style layers upon layers upon layers of like realities and storytelling. But as a game and like moment to moment and just like the tension and also the presentation is uh, fantastic. I'm excited to play Alan Wake too. Like I'm, I definitely walked out more pumped for that game, which is always a oh, good time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Charles, you going to play Alan Wake 2? Are you an Alan Wake fan? Or, yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about Alan Wake in general. So I haven't heard it. It's one of those games I heard the name of and had no idea what the actual game was. Um, and I was going to say, Kyle, you're describing like the flashlight gameplay. And I was like, that just sounds like Luigi's Mansion to me. That's uh, you've stumped a stumped the flashlight. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm more interested the more I hear you talk about it. I played Control, but I had a hard time sticking with it i got like i don't remember how far in i got but i got to the point where it started getting like really hard and i wasn't interested in <laughs> putting up with it anymore and the story had kind of lost me so i have not been won over by remedy but i'm open to it i was gonna ask do you think it seems like the answer is yes but you think you should play the first game before playing Alan Wake 2 I don't even know if Remedy has answered it. I feel like every developer now when they do a sequel, they're like, yeah, you can just jump right in, whatever. And I don't I don't know if Remedy has come out and said that. I I mean, my knee jerk is no. Yeah, or, or my, my, my knee jerk is yes, you should play the first uh, game or at least watch a YouTube video. See, my answer is always like, play the, the new one that everyone is playing and excited about. And then if that cooks you, then you can go and like, play one if you want but i'm oh i'm oh i'm the person who skipped mass effect one like just i was gonna play say the new thing you know <laughs> mm -hmm. that's why i was just going to counter that with the mass effect i said feel like that's the ultimate like you should really just start nah. from one if you really want the full experience <laughs> not for kyle just play two <laughs> just skip to two i mean i'll two probably start it i'll probably start it too the worst thing is when you get into those holes of like I can't play this game because I haven't played all the games that came before it. And then the games keep coming out and I'm like, I keep meaning, I keep meaning to play all of the like uh, uh, Final Fantasy seven uh, rebirth is the second one. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I saw someone say someone asked, do I have to play remake before rebirth? And someone else was like, you should really play the original Final Fantasy seven, then play remake, then play rebirth. And okay. I was like, even if that's, probably the most comprehensive experience that's just so much to invest in you're putting like what 60 hours worth of game in order to play another game it's just like a I'm lot like to invest. <laughs> really yeah, oh. in that case yeah i mean i think also, Final fantasy 7 is like a 70 80 hour game on its own you know yeah i mean even even i have my limits with the whole like you need to go back because i would never tell someone to play 
OG Final Fantasy VII if they <laughs> haven't played it and want to play Remake. It's just like Remake's a good, it is a good jumping on point as well as a good sort of sequel to Seven. Yeah. It, you get, yeah, you get like more out of it if you play the original, sure, but man, just play the new thing. Yeah, just, or just yeah. watch like a... Always just play the new thing, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it turns out Final Fantasy VII is a very popular game that a gazillion YouTubers have summarized very succinctly <laughs> that yeah. you could go watch uh-huh. instead of playing a very dated RPG. Uh, but anyways, Kyle, yeah, you have been playing the Separate Ways DLC for Resident Evil 4 Remake. You've been hanging out with Ada Wong. How's she doing? She she's good uh i'm trying yeah. to, i was trying to think of like she did encounter any sort of terrible there is okay oh gosh is it a spoiler i i won't outline the specifics of it but there is a sequence in resident evil 4 remake 2023 hyphen separate ways dlc <laughs> that uh you can fail uh if that makes sense and you get a really spectacular death animation that i didn't get because I succeeded in the sequence. It's not like a hard sequence or anything like that. But uh, that might be a hint enough for you. I encourage you to fail a sequence. <laughs> to see the encourage animation. it. Yeah, just to see the animation. But um, <laughs> so, so Marcus asked how she's doing, and you were like, well, she could be doing horribly. Depends on how you <laughs> if do you're it. you're interested. Sequence. But um, yeah, no, Separate Ways was funny because I, I think we all kind of assumed it was coming. Uh, if you know the sort of trajectory of the original Resident Evil, it's like, well, surely they'll do separate ways at some point. Uh, for some background, if you're unfamiliar, uh, Resident Evil 4 released for GameCube in early 2005. And by the end of 2005, it actually got ported over to PlayStation 2. And that PlayStation 2 version of the game added the separate ways DLC, which is this whole long campaign where you play as Ada Wong. And then it was also included in like, the Wii version and like uh, other remakes and stuff like that. Um, so we all kind of assumed it was coming. The, I think the surprise for me at least was like, oh, it's not only is it coming, it's coming like next week. Like they announced it and it was like really close. And so it really snuck up on me and didn't really give me any opportunity to like be excited about it or really do a lot of research on it. It was literally like, oh, that separate ways comes out tomorrow. Do we have a code for that? Okay, yeah, I'll check that out. I want to play that. And it was like, I jumped into the game and I was like, oh, right. Resident Evil 4 Remake is awesome. And like, this is just more Resident Evil 4 Remake. And like, playing as Ada is really cool. Like, she's a cool character, this like femme fatale, mysterious woman. And like, she plays mostly the same as Leon. Like, even her weapons feel pretty much the same. She has a couple of other weapons she can find. Like, I, I did, could Leon use the, the explosive arrows? I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, or he's okay. got the. Yeah, the ones that you could set up kind of like mines, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you could get those. Okay, Ada has just a straight up like like uh it shoots an explosive arrow um that takes like a really long time to reload and stuff like that. Okay. Uh but then she also has the grappling hook, which is like the big game changer. That's the the main thing Leon did not have. And it doesn't really make moving around feel that much different. I guess there are some combat scenarios where you can sort of get out of danger really quickly by hopping up you know to an area you can uh, melee people from far away well that's yeah that's what i was getting to that's the big thing is like you can shoot people in their knees which is like when i play resident evil 4 like i leon is like either a great uh sort of i don't was he a soldier i guess or an agent he's a great agent agent. (laughs) 
who's like terrible at headshots because he shoots people exclusively in the knees and the shin. Like that's all <laughs> he does when I play. And the nice thing about Ada doing that as well is like you don't have to get close to people to do melee attacks. You can like shoot them from like eight to ten feet away and then use your grappling hook to like fly at them and kick them. And that just feels great. And it's just like it's way cooler than what Leon ever does, which is like you shoot people in the knees and then you sort of slowly amble up to them and then kick them <laughs> and then shuffle backwards really quickly. You know? Not to break the illusion, but realistically, if you were going to like if I shot you with a grappling hook and then zipped towards you to do a kick, right? Yeah. You would have to be pretty heavy for that to work, right? Because you would have to basically be heavy enough to be an anchor to where my body weight isn't pulling you down. Like, I'm coming to you, and the person that is hooked does not move an inch. They're just kind of, like, on their... They're taking a knee. And I just thought, like, Would that, does that actually make sense? Like, I'm, I'm sure Ada's not, like, the heaviest person in the world, but she's not... It's not like yeah. the people she's hooking are, like, massive dudes, you know? What What is the the parasite called? Las Plagas? Yeah, you know what they say about Las Plagas, right, Marcus? Uh, probably something in Spanish I don't understand. It adds... <laughs> It adds 10 pounds. Oh, okay. I mean, it is like, it gets pretty, <laughs> when you, you see it, when you blow them apart and you see their little wiggly bits. Yeah, that's like a whole other person. It's pretty dense. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It turns out the physics of Resident Evil 4 don't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ada's flinging herself around like Spider-Man. Like I'm just saying, if you did, did that in real life, it would be less impressive because you would hook it. And then the moment it retracts, you probably just both fall forward. Which Ada would not put up with. I mean, she's running through that whole scenario in heels, but so she has impeccable balance. Like nothing can knock her over, truly. But um, yeah, it's it's so good. It's it's Resident Evil Four, and then it's also nice to get sort of a truncated version of the full adventure because it's basically you're going alongside the same time as Leon. Uh, so it's like you get it's almost like uh watching like or not watching, but like playing through a shortened version of Resident Evil Four with new mechanics. And then also the other cool thing, which again, I won't detail too much because of spoilers, is that some of the things that did not make it into Resident Evil 4 that were in the original game that we were you know, disappointed weren't. It's like, oh, they didn't do this part. Oh, they, they cut this thing. Some of that stuff is in separate ways. Oh, which is cool. And I, like I said, I won't go into much more detail than that. But um, I mean, overall, just, just an awesome excuse to revisit Resident Evil 4 Remake. It's about six. I think I beat it in like six and a half hours. So it's not like... It's not. It's long. It's longer than I expected for DLC, but not so long that I was like getting frustrated with it. I was like, you know, if if a DLC is getting into like fifteen or twenty hours, and it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, this is just a sequel, you know. But this feels like just just the right amount of just a revisitation of Resident Evil Four remake to be like, oh yeah, this Capcom really like hit it out of the park with this thing. This this is great. I need to get back to it because I, you know, we streamed it uh you and i which you can check out on our game informer shows youtube channel the archive mm -hmm. but i played up to the point that you got to in the stream where we stopped and i haven't had a chance to uh get back to it just because i was finishing up another game that i'm talk to uh, or talk about in a bit but like i said before like resident Evil 4 i think is one of the best games of the year the the remake love that game i'm it, it's like that nice surprise of like man there's more of this great game yeah that came out that we get to play now and hearing that it was I was wondering that too. Like, I wonder how long it says. I was thinking, like, yeah, maybe like three, four hours. And just hearing that it's like close to double that is like exciting. And then also somewhat daunting of like, okay, this is something else I have to fit in <laughs> in yeah. between all the other stuff. But at least it's not like terribly long. So, you know. yeah, I mean, but it is also one of those things where I was like, 
the moment I started it, I was like, this is all I want to play right now. You know what I mean? It didn't mm-hmm. feel that long. Like I have been, I finished Phantom Liberty last night, which I quite enjoyed. Nice. But um, I, I paused it, so to speak, to play Resident Evil with the intention of like, oh, I'll stream it for an hour with Marcus and then I'll go finish Phantom Liberty and then I'll go finish Separate Ways. And it was, it was very much like, no, you're not doing that. You're finished in Separate Ways. Like you're locked into this. This is so great. Uh, so yeah, I, I high recommendation. I we should have a review on the site probably by the time this podcast goes up. I do want to review it. It's not one I was planning to review, which is always like a compliment. It's like I played it, I liked it so much, I'd like to write something about it on the site to to make sure it's recommended to people. Awesome, check that out, guy. Resident Evil Four fans, uh, Charles, you gonna check this out? Did you uh, play RE Four at all? I RE Four is my biggest. I have to get back to that. I think this year that's the one that one like major game I haven't played that I'm like, I really need to play this game because I was kind of like, I don't know, it's gonna be like a scary game. I don't usually play horror games, but now I see it. And then it came out and it seemed important. And I was like, probably do this. But I was doing something else. I I can't remember what game I was distracted by, but I intend to. And then if this is good, I'd also like to do that. But do you remember how far you got? I'm curious for you. You dropped it. Oh, no, I didn't play it at all. Oh, okay. I thought like you started it. It's, it's oh, a game okay, I haven't started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you had started it, it would have been a different conversation. If you yeah, had at probably. least started it, you would have been like, oh, I had to finish it. Resident <laughs> 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 Four. You would have seen that dog. Yeah. Like, I, I got to see what's going on with that. I mean, even when I like will just pick up the, like before the remake, I would pick up the original, like it would come to Switch or something and it would be on sale. I'd grab it or I'd pick it up on Steam Deck. And I like, I almost would beat it every time i would start playing just because it's like it just grabs you and it's so quick and smooth and like the pace is so fun like it really is like the sort of the 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 apex of like you you start you can't stop kind of game it's yeah. it's really true my awkward resident evil 4 story which i forgot until just now is i had someone tell me i should play it and i was like oh yeah totally and this was like i don't know five years ago and he was like, no, it's, like, so good, though. Like, here, let me, let me, can I pull up YouTube real quick? And he pulled up, like, one of those, like, Resident Evil 4, the movie, where it's just all the cutscenes back to back. And I just sat through it for a really, and it was, like, it's a like, video game. So you watch it like, with him? It's, like, hours and hours of cutscenes. Yeah, and it was a thing where I thought he was going to just show me the first five minutes, and then 20 uh... minutes have gone by, and then 45 minutes have gone by. And they're like, Luckily, is it too, am I too rude to say I don't want to see any more of this? Yeah. Like, I, you know? I think it, I was eventually like, yeah, so I think my parents are going to have dinner now, so if you wanted to head out, like, I think that was how it ended. So It's like the sun's going down, better get, <laughs> you're still here. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. it's better than watching just all the cutscenes on YouTube with somebody you don't really want to be in the same room. It would also it would also be nice to hear your perspective as someone who doesn't like have a lot of affection for the original. Like you never played it, right? Mm-hmm. So like I, I would be curious to see what you think of it as the remake. Because I say with confidence that I don't think it's like the nostalgia that makes that the remake so good, right? I think if that game came out today as Resident Evil 9 or whatever, I think we would all be enamored with it. But mm-hmm. I could be I could be totally wrong. Maybe you play it and you're like, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. It's a third person shooter. I've played a dozen of these. You know? I would suggest experiencing it the way you did the first game where you re- you watch all the cutscenes and you have to find, <laughs> but you have to have a person that is like your friend, but better. So it's like a remake of that person, essentially. Oh, I really like that. I really yes. like that. Idea. So maybe it's him, but he's like matured and grown up a bit. You know, I'll watch him with Blake, who's really passionate <laughs> about it. Is, is, is Blake the, the modern version of your friend? He's he's much better, was my point. 
I'd okay. much rather watch these with Blake. Yeah, there you he go. He would have some. He would be very excited uh, <laughs> to, to share Resident <laughs> Evil Four with you. Uh, Charles, one thing I'm excited for you to share with us is uh, your thoughts on is it Super Bomberman R two? Super Bomberman R two. Yes. Uh, the latest Bomberman game. It's it's one of those things where they kept adding. It's like a new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe deal where it's like mm. you gotta. <laughs> There's too many variables in this name. Answer. I'm sorry. Answer this question. Yes or no. Is Super Bomberman R2 the bomb? I would say if it was a box office movie, then it it would have bombed. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> in other words, it's not very Harsh. good. No, no. Um, it's the 65 of video games starring Adam Driver. It didn't oh, do well. Wow. Oh, that's 65 where he goes to the dinosaurs or whatever. Yeah, the sci-fi right? movie. Yeah. Apparently that was that was a huge bomb this year, right? That, that was the first box office bomb that came to mind. <laughs> it bombed so hard I didn't even know what it was, which is also what I would say about Super Bomberman R2 before I was assigned to review it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no. Uh so it's it's uh it's an interesting game. Uh the things I think that work about Bomberman work here in general. So if you got a bunch of people on a couch and you boot up Super Bomberman R2 and it's like, let's just play together, I think you're going to have fun because it's Bomberman and it is, I, it's very simple, but it works. And I think it still works now. There's a bunch of other stuff they've added in an attempt to kind of like evolve it that mostly don't work. The one thing that's really cool I think we mentioned it. I mentioned the game in the morning meeting uh, the other day, Marcus, and you said it'd be cool if there was like a Tetris 99, but for Bomberman, there is yeah. actually a game mode called Battle 64. Oh. And it's like there's 64 players and you're in a bunch of different like classic battle stages. And then as the timer goes, you're all funneled into like uh, uh, you go from like 16 rooms or however many. And then it's like eight rooms and it's four rooms and then everyone's up in one room. Um, that mode is fun. That's cool and is good to play. You play like online with sixty-three other players. Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> that, that does sound cool. That honestly, that does sound like a cool Bomberman idea. I I think, and I don't I don't actually have evidence to support this. It's just the way they're playing. I feel like a lot of it is bots. Oh, is it the Fortnite thing? Be yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, honestly. Like I wasn't playing it, and I'm like, this sucks because it's bots. Um, but that was one thing I was having issues with matchmaking where. It's also one of those things where I can't think of another example off the top of my head, but the modes are only at certain times. So for like an hour, it'll be one mode on one map. And then the next hour, it'll switch to a different mode on a different map. So if you go in and you're like, I want to play this mode, it just depends on if that's the one mode available right now. Um, And I imagine it's done because if there aren't a lot of people playing and you have like seven modes instead of seven people being spread out between all those modes, you're like, okay, everyone's going to play this, everyone's going to play that. Um, but there was one I was doing, and it was just standard battle. <laughs> and I kept getting matched up again. I got matched up against the same guy three times in a row. It's normally a room of four, but it was just the two of us. So it was a 1v1 Bomberman. And this guy was so As good. It's meant to be played. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I just kept getting smoked. Um, and I wished that I could have picked a different mode or that there were more people. So it was at least like me and another guy against this guy. But you think um, he was like licking his lips every time he saw your screen name? Like, oh, this, <laughs> he was like, this yeah, push over. 
it's also ranked so i was i'm, I'm like level bronze five because i just started and this guy was already up to silver three and so he was like probably so happy to get up towards platinum or whatever the top rank is you're helping him out you're doing him a yeah point. yeah exactly i was dying on purpose <laughs> but yeah so the multiplayer and that's like fine the online stuff the main new mode is this mode called castle mode where you can make these custom levels and you put like a bunch of traps in them so there's like conveyor belts and like cannons that shoot bombs um, like slippery floors and stuff and there are treasure chests and you need to get keys to unlock the treasure chests and there's like a defending team and an attacking team and the attacking team has to get the keys go up to the treasure chest and you have to stop them from getting all of them and this is like i this so i should mention battle 64 mode came in super bomberman r online which was an online bomberman game that launched with the on the stadia but was discontinued last december so it's not around anymore so this might be the only way to play battle 64 mode i don't actually know but this is definitely like the new way to do it castle mode is the one like new new mode in this game is that and that one's like single player castle mode it's it's multiplayer it is okay okay. so you're but it's also in the story mode but it's you're basically making these maps and then you have a team of like i think up to five people can be attacking and then three people can be defending and they're trying to get through your traps and stuff um and it's fine and i i'm not crazy about it but compared to story mode which i really don't like and i'll get into in a second i feel like it doesn't work but it doesn't work in a way where it understands what Bomberman is and can be. And it's just kind of like, it's not super fun to, the fun part about Bomberman is trying to blow up your friends and trying to outmaneuver them and outstrategize them. And in castle mode, it is like, you have to outmaneuver the stage hazards and then also these other people. And if you're attacking, it can just be like really overwhelming and, also, people are really good at coming up with really cheap stage designs. So if you're playing on someone uh, else's stage, it's like not crazy to assume that it's going to be really hard if they're like an experienced person. Story mode is <laughs> exhausting. Uh, it is a <laughs> defined story. Exactly. Like, are we talking yeah. cutscenes? And... We're talking cutscenes. Um, Bomberman speak. Bomberman, so Bomberman is known as white. The traditional Bomberman you know is white because there's a bunch of Bomberman. Right. He's got the white jumpsuit is what you're saying. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're all different colors <laughs> and they call them by their colors. Um, okay. So just oftentimes he'll like be like, <laughs> well, oftentimes he'll be like, Black, you're being so lazy. You need to help oh, out with the boy. thing. And it's just okay. his name and it's fine, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They, they, and the, the plot is not ill intended, it just kind no, of hard not but to yeah, see out it. of context, it's very funny. Um, uh, <laughs> we lost Marcus. Actually, never mind, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that. Oh, joke. the cop, the comedic um, potential, and how awful <laughs> that could be is just hitting me. It really is. Oh, geez. The I really honestly want I wish I could do a whole like spoiler cast on the plot of this game because the ending is so 
weirdly dark it takes such an odd turn at the end for like the villain's motivations and like what's been going on the whole time well what's like the general um, like what are the stakes like what's how the general quickly synopsis? could you do it because i feel like we could put it in this episode and because i don't care i you want so i can i can spoil it and that's fine we can let's let's say... put up like like walls here right like if okay. you don't want to know the end of bomberman fast forward what do you think marcus two minutes yeah, is that more than that. that? Or, I, not, I'm sorry, I meant to ask Charles. Give me give me three minutes and I'll try okay. to I'll try to contain myself. Okay, yeah. let's see. This is yeah. like a metal gear ending, like an half hour cutscene. Yeah. I'll let you know when three minutes is coming to a close. Uh you just okay. you just say when you're ready to start. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Spoiler walls are up. Charles, please continue. So there are these little creatures called Elons. They kind of look like the Chow from uh, Sonic games. And you find them on these planets. I guess the the inciting incident is the Bomberman brothers who had saved the world in the last game are now knowing that they've got to, like, protect the world from this new dark moon, which is a big, like, Death Star thing that's going around attacking planets. Uh, Then they discover the Elon... (laughs) <laughs> which are these little blue guys and they have the ability when they touch a machine they can disappear and then power that machine up so there's lots of times where it's like oh this lamp is here but it's off and we need it to see and then an elon will touch it and they'll be like thanks elon and then they can use this device to like regenerate new elon basically and like bring them back turns out this guy is tr- oh and the turns out this moon is attacking places to get elenite which is a <laughs> valuable resource that that is like i guess gets powers similar to the elon and the guy doing it is gathering all the elenite to put it in one spot and then the bomberman brothers realize that if he gets all the elenite and does this thing to it he's gonna destroy the universe and everyone is gonna die okay don't want that <laughs> can confirm bad <laughs> <laughs> At the very end, when you confront him, you're like, hey, we figured out if you do this, the universe is going to explode, including you. And he was like, yes, that's my goal. I've been alive for thousands of years and I just really want to die. And tells about pretty good, actually. I'm into this. The Elon are from his original planet and they're so such power, valuable resources because they can generate power that there was a war that went on and his planet basically exploded and went extinct except he survived because the elon made him alive but then they also made him immortal so now he's trapped in this curse of living and really wants to kill himself and then he tells you that actually the elon don't regenerate they're dying and you're making new elon so it turns from these cute little things are an energy source and there's this mysterious bad guy that's destroying stuff to I really want to kill myself and the Elon are also killing themselves. And there's a brief moment where the Bomberman brothers are like, we can't let them kill themselves anymore. And then the Elon are like, no, we really want to. And then you go into the final battle and use the Elon to help defeat this guy. So um, you kill him. No, <laughs> you stop him from doing it. 
And that's the whole plot of Super <laughs> 2. That was, um, holy crap, you nailed it, man. You called three minutes. You got it in there. I did, I guess. I it's It was just ridiculous. Uh, the non-spoiler version is that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, A lot I can't of wait for involved. you to. Uh, I can't wait for you to retell that story when we have our best narrative discussion for Goaty. <laughs> <laughs> Worst villain. Yeah, but what's what's the what? Yeah, what's like the overview? I feel like we focused on a lot of specifics, but like, yeah, what is eh, bad, good? Yeah, they've tried to basically take the like classic Bomberman formula and put it into a kind of open world format. So there's like these segments on the map, and they're all numbered, and in them you'll see little glowing blocks, and they've got the Elon in them. If you blow it up, you get an Elon. It follows you around. Five of them can follow you around. You can use them to activate. Fast travel points, and then you need a certain number of Elon to open up like gates and unlock enemy uh, bases and stuff. Um, and it's just a really tedious process of going around these worlds and hunting down the Elon and blowing them up. Um, and my main, the reason it doesn't work is because, like I was saying earlier, where castle or yeah, castle mode and Battle 64 mode are variations on Bomberman to understand what it is and what it should be. And this is a thing that is trying to take this like round peg and fit it in a square hole. So as you explore and you destroy blocks, you level up and you unlock power-ups. So in Barman, you can get a punch that lets you punch bombs over walls. You get a kick that lets you slide them across the floor. And you get the ability to make your like explosions bigger. And some of them, like punching over walls is very useful. Uh, moving faster is useful because you're like running around this world the whole time. Uh, but getting bigger explosions specifically is like a fun thing for a party mode but in the story mode it's just really annoying when it's like these huge bombs and you're always in these like cramped spaces trying to uh kill enemies or do all that kind of stuff and like if you blow yourself up in a party mode it's like oh ha 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 i blew myself up i have another life or i guess that was the round or whatever and it's like a fun thing to laugh about and this one if you blow yourself up all the Elon that are following you die. So you either have to go back to camp and get more or find new ones throughout the world, which is important because otherwise you can't unlock fast travel points. So that means whenever they die and you can't get a new fast travel point, you have to do all this uh, 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 retreading of your steps to get back to where you died. And all the blocks are back there. All the enemies are back. And it's just annoying when it's a point of this just clumsiness of, it's it's also the 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 concept of breaking blocks to make your way through a world. It's not like Minecraft where it's like full of blocks, but they're just so prevalent that you have to keep making paths to get through. And it's just a, a tedious process, and it doesn't really evolve a whole lot. Yeah, so so pass. Is what you're so saying. pass, <laughs> I guess, is is a long story short. I haven't talked about this game to anyone. Also, this is me fully unloading all of my. Yeah, no, we're here. We're here. What? Where are your ears, man? Yeah. What, what, I I want to know, like all that, all the extra fluff aside. That sounds like maybe not great. If I just want to play some just basic ass Bomberman with some friends, is this like a good Bomberman to do that? Yes, yes, okay. definitely. Uh, and there, there's also. Uh, there's a lot of like guest characters you can unlock if you play more it, like Konami characters. Yes. Uh, so you can oh, get Pyramid Head. You can get the Belmonts. Um, other snake. Konami characters. I don't. Yes. Yeah, snakes there. Um, yes. Yeah, snake was in the first one, I believe, too. Yeah. 
if you beat the story mode, you get a ton of the in-game currency that you need to buy these guys. Um, otherwise, whenever I did like a local mode, I got 50 gold. And it takes a thousand gold to unlock a character. Oh, um, but you get a lot more from playing online, so that's kind of incentivized to do that. And you get 20,000 from beating the story. So if you beat the story, you can get most of the characters. Um, okay, I like that. That's cool. But yeah, if you're if you're just playing it to get it and play with your friends, that's good. I would avoid the story mode unless you feel like trekking your way through it so you don't have to grind for like the the money to buy other characters, but <laughs> even then, it's it's a lot. God, I was thinking about this, especially now that you made the Chow comparison. Like, and and hardcore Bomberman fans, forgive me for what I'm about to say, such as Charles's silver-ranked rival. Um, <laughs> but has Bomberman secretly been as bad, if not worse, than Sonic? Because what was the last, like, really good Bomberman game? Is it still the Super Nintendo one? The last one that I remember playing with any amount of, like, real time was the, uh, what was it, the PSN one? From, like, the PlayStation 3, like, 360, the downloadable one. You remember that one? The one that was, like, all gritty and, like... Yeah, like, you mean, like, on a grid, not... No, like... no, like... <laughs> There was what was the one that was on 360 and PS3? It was like I think it was that one it had like the not as colorful graphics, right? I I mean, or there was no. one where you were where it looked like you could confuse the screenshots with like Gears of War, like you know no, what I'm talking about. I think it was okay. that one, unless they did two. Is it is it Bomberman Live? No, a Bomberman Act Zero. Is yes, the one that's the I'm last one that I. Mm. Oh, maybe that's maybe I am thinking of that. Google one. That Bomberman Act Zero, and like yeah, that, I remember it's, that one. Like the just even the box art, like you could if you showed that to someone and cropped out the word Bomberman, not in one. Okay, no, year, it's not this one. Okay, yeah. would they ever guess that that's a Bomberman <laughs> game? This is, that box art is like the um, American Mega Man box art equivalent for bother for Bomberman. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that is not what I was expecting. That, that to is look the like that is the all. Hollywood wanted to make a Bomberman movie, and they had they were like, well, nobody wants the kitty graphics. Yeah. That's not what's charming about Holy Bomberman. They want cow. real soldier. That was one of those like Konami took a left turn and tried something, and immediately you turned and were like. Like, nope, that is not what people want from Bomberman. We're sorry if we've offended anybody. <laughs> yeah, like this this movie came out in 2006 and stars The Rock before he really blew up. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before he learned his lesson with Doom. When he was CGI Scorpion King. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's a great question, Marcus. It's like, what was the last great Bomberman game? I mean, I think there I was some surprised of... by how many there are. Like, oh, when yeah, I was they never. I mean, a lot the of them come out. List. I, I think a lot of them just come out in Japan now, right? For like handhelds and mobiles but like there's if you ever pull up the wiki page there are so many and like i said like yeah what was the last time everyone rallied behind a bomber game like this is the one man we gotta play Bomberman. it's like i have not like i still feel like maybe it's the like super Bomberman, like super nintendo is the one people still look back on fondly right yeah i think there's some affection for 64 uh because it was like it was pretty early in 64's life and it was like but it, it was like a single player game you know and I like Pocket Bomberman on Game Boy Color, but these are all niche. Like, yeah, these just like little. That was cool, you know. Yeah. Um, and R, I think, even has some defenders because it was like a Switch launch title, so it was a good like Switch party game, you know, when you weren't playing Breath of the Wild, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I think yeah, you're Which right. Why would it's you not. Stop? It's <laughs> it's not one that has ever sort of uh, set the world on fire, at least not in the last couple of years. Yeah. Also, let me correct myself. Charles, you were right. I, I was thinking of Bomberman Live. 
Okay. The, the, the an arcade game? The probably? XBLA one, yeah. Yeah, see, that seems like a good setting for Bomberman, Xbox Live Arcade, you know? Yeah, I remember thinking that one was, was like, fun. Especially because yeah. I had played Bomberman in a while. It was, like, a fun return. But, yeah, uh, Superman Bomberman R2, not so much. But I, I will be YouTubing that story. I, I, I would like <laughs> to kind of see what that looks like. And I don't, I don't want to get into it because I could just do this forever. But the the cuts, the dialogue is also so grating. It's like this... I, I imagine it was like done in Japanese, so they're dubbing it. But as a result, they have to say the voice lines really slowly. And all the characters, the whole point of every character other than White Bomberman is to annoy White Bomberman. So they're also very annoying. So just all the cutscenes are just like, I'm the like self-centered one. And I'm the sleepy one. And I want to blow everything up. Yeah. Right. It's like, I like, like every character is annoying. Grumpy. Cool. <laughs> they're like the seven dwarves, basically, but Bomberman. Very much so, though. Yeah. Okay. And God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on from Super Bomberman, too. But thank you for uh, suffering through that so that we don't have to, Charles. Um, are you up on the site now? Uh, I'm finishing up, so I don't know for sure, but probably. Okay. Well, if it's up, give that a read. Uh, How about we take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about uh, more games and do some housekeeping. How's that sound, guys? Sure. Alrighty. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. Uh, Kyle... I think you've been itching to talk about a game that you also reviewed called Cocoon. And I'm very interested to hear what you think, because I've been looking forward to this game for quite some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Charles described Bomberman as tedious. I would describe Cocoon as almost the opposite. <laughs> <Just tedious>. <laughs> <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, I'm actually, there's there's some tedium in Cocoon, but it's uh, not 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 in a sort of overtly negative way it's the so cocoon uh is from what i understand the puzzle uh play dead puzzle designer play dead did limbo and inside um this game does not play like limbo or inside but it is an environmental puzzle game so i would put it in the same genre uh if that makes now, sense like, if you like those games you will like cocoon now real uh, quick you said it's yeah. just from an ex play dead person does it start with an alien invasion no <laughs> well actually I don't really know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I would say, is the streak it's, broken? <laughs> it's uh, it is very vague. Like all, I love these kinds of games, right? Uh, Somerville, and I didn't finish Planet of Lana, but like that's that's my jam. Limbo and Inside. It's kind of like it's it's become a genre unto itself of just like abstract environmental puzzle games that are engaging but you don't really know what's happening entirely right like that's i feel like a pretty effective shorthand for those kinds of games little nightmares i would put in there too um but cocoon is probably the most abstract um and i had the least amount of understanding of what was happening it could be about an alien invasion for all i know i'm not really sure you're this like little bug that uh, it's not a side scroller it's like a 3d game where you kind of have a sort of overhead isometric perspective and you're moving around and you have these globes that contain uh like universes within them and the game is about like moving between those universes 
and and picking up those globes and carrying them somewhere else and then like entering them and it sounds very it's hard to describe it's one of those things it's like if you saw it in action you you'd very much understand what they're going for like look up a trailer if you're uh on if i'm doing a bad job explaining it which i totally accept that i may be um but my fear about it was that it's like oh this seems like it could get really complicated uh but i was grateful that by the end of the game they never get too far into the sort of the zone of overly complicated it always feels doable. You're always making progress. There aren't. An, I really liked a lot of the solutions to many of the puzzles, but I, I never was in a position where I was like really hitting my head against a wall and being like, I have no idea what to do. And the thing that's really impressive about Cocoon is it does that with like a super abstract setting and zero text or dialogue whatsoever. It is just like you kind of just just through their animation and like the way the world looks and the way they sort of direct your attention, you always know where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do and have a basic understanding of like, okay, I need to get from point A to point B. What is the solution that I need to come up with to do that? And it all just, it works really well. The game feels great. It plays really smoothly. Controlling that character on screen just feels really good. Um, There's no combat. There are these boss fights, but the boss fights are more about like positioning and making sure you're in the right place. You're never like attacking necessarily. I think there's one instance where you're like dropping bombs kind of. But uh it's just it's just a cool abstract puzzle game that does have like a narrative, a beginning and a middle and an end, but like I really couldn't tell you what was happening or why or why I was doing what I was doing, but I was just really engaged throughout and wanted to see where it was going. Um, so yeah, Cocoon, it's, it's a good game. I, the, the one thing that I sort of brought it down a little bit, the reason I'm not like putting it in that sort of nine tier of game, I think I gave it like an eight, eight, five, eight, seven, five is it moving the globes back and forth between the worlds can get a little like, okay, I got to put this down. I know what I needed to do, but I got to put this down and pick this up and put it over on this slot. And then I got to like move over here and grab this thing. Cause you can only hold one globe at a time. And by the end of the game, you're managing like three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, to solve sort of the ultimate puzzles and that can be a little just like uh, it feels a little time consuming where maybe it doesn't need to be necessarily but it's it's not a long game it's not like you know it's not a deal breaker for the game it's just the one element the kind of unavoidable unavoidable element of the game where i was like eh, i wish this was like a little smoother but um overall cocoon it it's a cool game i i i, I like it published by uh, uh annapurna you know they've had a good track record thus far and um I recommend it. C O C C O O N, I think. Two C's, two O's, three O's. Yeah. Yeah. If if you were to give your best estimation of what the story is, or at least a premise of it, what is the because you said it, it you could tell there was a story, you just couldn't tell what was going yeah. on. What were like the parts that you were shown to suggest that? So you are you're this little bug creature that wakes that like emerges from a from a cocoon, the namesake. And there seems to be be like other creatures that are encroaching on maybe your territory and you're trying to push them back so maybe it is kind of an alien invasion story but by the end of the game you know there's always that question of like was i the bad guy the whole time i don't know i like i really am not sure what i was doing but there also seemed to be it's it feels like you're diving into this sort of microscopic universe sort of because you're getting smaller and smaller and bigger and bigger um so it seems to be alien bugs or creatures cross a series of alien worlds 
Um, and that's about the extent of what I can say about the narrative. Not that I'm trying to hide anything. I just I truly am not sure. And and I think that can be dangerous, right? That can be like, well, if you're too abstract, then you can draw nothing from it. But there's enough there to be like, oh, is this like, am I doing what I should be doing here? Is this, you know, who? what is this creature? Am, am I the problem? Are they the problem? I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> you know. That's a weird thing where I wonder, like, is it better to have a story that's like, nigh incomprehensible versus a story that is pretty straightforward but is bad of like would i rather yeah. be like confused or just like like disappointed or even upset of like this is just a bad story that i fully understand no <laughs> you know? i think through the years i've learned about myself at least that i'd rather be confused you know because that yeah. at least gives you the opportunity to draw your own conclusions i mean like i could go it's one of those games where i could have a conversation with the creators and probably be like this is kind of sort of what i think happened and they would be like really that's that's not what we were going for <laughs> like i wouldn't be surprised if that was the conversation kind of in a way it, it reminds me of scorn uh from oh, last yeah. year in that way uh they're very different games um and i i like cocoon more but scorn was a game that like by like i have no idea what happened in that game but i was like undeniably engaged throughout and wanted to see like what was going to happen next and that's that's how i felt about cocoon okay Nice. Yeah, I'm super psyched. That comes out uh, 29th this week. Yeah, I think um, by the time this podcast is airing, maybe it comes out tomorrow if you're listening to it it's on the Friday. Thursday. Yeah, the review goes up on, on Thursday. And a uh, shout out to Annapurna or the developer. I'm, I'm not sure who to thank for this, but they, they it was one of those instances where they gave us the, the code quite early. So I was able to like take my time with it and not rush with it and got through it and had time to put the review together you know without having to rush just always like to shout that out when we have the opportunity to because it's very helpful for our jobs absolutely <laughs> so if yeah. anyone if any publishers are listening it's like yeah give, give us those codes early when you can i understand you always can't but it's very helpful for us nice i'm psyched to uh, download this and it's on game pass which is uh oh cool yeah better. i didn't know it's, that and yeah. it's not super long i think i beat it in under five hours maybe four or something like that uh, so yeah hot yeah game pass if you're a subscriber absolutely play the first hour yeah see if you like it nice hey you know what else is a really good game that you can only play with a subscription service is uh i don't know f099 baby <laughs> I've been All I've right. been I finally started playing that because uh, it came out while I was in LA because that was when that Nintendo Direct happened and I've been so busy sort of like you know dealing with all the the fallout and and stuff from that that I hadn't had a chance to fire it up but I kept hearing about it from people and just hearing nothing but glowing things people saying it's the best I guess 99 game since Tetris and I'm not even like a huge F0 fan like I didn't really grow up with it I probably played it like a handful of times at friends houses like the original like Super Nintendo one but I've never really played the other ones like the the one on 64 that I think is on Switch now that's, or has that's been. my favorite that's the only F0 I've really gotten into was F0X which I okay. I like that game quite a bit yeah yeah, then I, I revisited Classic F-Zero when it came to like the Wii or Wii U Virtual Consoles, whichever one it was, and that was probably the most I ever put into it, just out of nostalgia. But I will say that I'm really loving F-Zero 99 so far. Oh, cool. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it is a... So for those that don't know, um, imagine F-Zero, Super Nintendo F-Zero, and you were racing against 99 other people, and, you know, you either try to win or at least try to outlast everyone because you can you know bump into each other you have a life bar that also doubles as your boost bar 
so you can hit a button to go faster, but then it's at the expense of health. And, you know, every time you lap, you can go to the pit stop area to regain some of that uh, health. But it's like a strategic dance of like, oh, I need to go faster. But if I do, I'm going to be like in the red. And then if somebody sideswipes me and then I go into the barrier, I'm dead. Because every time you hit a barrier, it hits the, you know, you're taking away life. And it sort of like plays on how, you know, tough F-Zero is in terms of like, you know, you're going so fast. And so many of those tracks have like tight corners. And it's all about knowing how to drift really well and knowing when to... (laughs) I was just gonna say it's from that era of racing game, which Mario Kart is too, where they didn't have like rounded turns. They just oh had, like, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like some like etch a sketch thing. Yeah, right. Like all the all the yeah. tracks were made in etch a sketch. Like there's some some angles where you're like, really, what did you what do you want from me here? <laughs> uh, but I mean, it it fits the battle royale format because it is so like challenging. That you're seeing like 99 players trying to take this sharp turn and naturally because there's just so many people, people are just going to eat it left and right. (laughs) And you just like there's no strategy other than like, I guess I'll try to be in the middle as best I can. But you're just like, whatever, I'll do my best and just see who if I don't explode at the end of this. But just like the spectacle of it, of just seeing all these little sprites uh just ramming into each other like it is absolute chaos in the best way but it still does require some skill like um they're at uh you're collecting these little orbs to fill up a power-up meter and then we get the full meter and i haven't played i'm gonna preface up saying i haven't played f-zero in a while so if some of the stuff was in original f-zero i apologize but i don't think a lot of it was they did add some like new mechanics for this game Namely, like the I think the like spinning around to hit people and send them flying. I don't think was in the original. I think that was an X, the sixty four one. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think it was in the original. Okay, but when you fill up like your power meter, you you hit a button and it uh, summons a track above everybody, and it just sort of gives you a chance to catch up without uh, interference. There there might be a couple other people that activated their boost around the same time, but by and large, you can kind of catch up, sort of like obstacle free. It's uh, they have like rankings based on like uh, rivals and stuff. Or like you'll see people that are kind of a similar level than you, and it'd be like, hey, if you can, if you can destroy or get higher place than this guy, you'll you know it'll add more points or something because mm-hmm. you're like earning these tickets that you can use to spend to buy like uh like new cosmetics for the cars and like your avatar. Like there's a whole like sort of like little store basically to be like, hey, you can decorate your profile and stuff. Um, they have Grand Prix too, which I didn't expect. I thought it was just like, oh, just one race with 99 people. But there's like the Grand Prix we can do cups with uh, or like a series of races with other players. Oh, okay. I played a, a, a time event last night where it was um, I caught it like 20 minutes before it expired. And I'm glad where it was uh, they just put you in like the hardest tracks in the game. So and then, you know, you got like a, basically like extra points for finishing it. Uh, I have not won yet. I but I also have not died in a race. I finished every race. I've yet to explode, even though I've come close where I finished with like a sliver of health. That's kind of like I'd rather lose than get knocked out early. You know what I mean? Uh, well, just from like wait. an ego standpoint. But <clears throat> I thought it was all like you know, last man standing. That's not how the game works. It's like both. Oh, weird. so you're still okay. racing and trying to get first. But like you can explode and get knocked out early before you even finish the race because it's like four or five laps. So you can go on for, I mean, it's the races don't last long because it's. I think even then it's like two, two and a half minutes every race, which is nice for like, you know, it makes it easy to be like, I'm just going to play a race or two in between, I don't know, 
a bigger game where you just have some time to kill and it's not as much of a commitment. But it still feels like longer than that just because there's so much going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is uh, it's not purely uh, last man standing. It's like you're still trying to gun for first or at least like whatever milestone of like, OK, I'm in the top 50 or the top 40, top 30, whatever. And but oh, like so the race is the focus. OK, that's yeah, that's you're a- still you still want to race good and not just focus on trying to kill everybody. Okay, the reason I assumed it was Last Man Standing is because there is a, a mode that I really loved back in the day in F-Zero X that was against CPU because that the game the thing about that game is there's like 40 different cars you can race as, you know? Yeah. And the mode was like, just do this track forever until everyone's dead and you're the last person standing. Mm. And when I was when I was a kid, you know, and like, that was a fun mode to play. I would just like try to take out 40 other cards over the course of like 20 minutes, you know? Um, mm. So I just assumed that that's what this mode was, but it's uh, it's it's not, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, it, it's a cool thing. Like, if I mean, if we can't get a new F Zero, then I'll I'll take this. Like, I I, yeah. I want to play more of it and and continue to see like what other little like either limited time like cups or grand prix or updates they add to it over time, and and just like how they support it. Like, I I think it's doing pretty well in terms of like engagement it seems like it's been a pretty big hit i don't know if it's hitting like tetris 99 number necessarily but i think it's probably doing better than you would expect from like an f-zero game in 2023 yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i i certainly wasn't like mad about it or anything i just wasn't really that incentivized to play it i was like yeah whatever i'll i don't know i got other stuff i want to play but this is actually making me say like well hold on maybe i should go play a couple rounds check it out yeah, it's fine. And you also do a good job onboarding you. Like, you have to play a series of, like, I think you have to play, like, two tutorial races where it's like, okay, the first mm-hmm. race, you're just against 25 people. Second race, you're against 50. Third race, you're against 99. And then you're playing against other players because they want to teach you the new mechanics of, like, this is how you slam, this is how you boost, this is how you do this. And so I actually like the on ramp because it doesn't take long. But it's like, oh, I'm glad I learned this in a, like, more controlled setting than just throwing you in there with a bunch of players and saying good luck. Yeah, so you yeah. feel ready or at least mostly ready by the time you get to like a real race. So uh, shout out there. But yeah, I'm going to keep messing around with it. I, I think it's an I think it's another game that you can maybe chalk up to like uh, one of the best pleasant surprises of the year that we mm. didn't know that mm. we would be getting kind of like a, a high fi rush situation of like, yeah. oh, this is the this is the thing that you want to that justifies the Nintendo online subscription. I mean, like the the. Like the libraries, like the classic game libraries are cool, but, you know, they update so infrequently with a lot of them that you can't always depend on it. And to have this bonus, like, hey, we made like a dedicated game just for this is awesome. Hopefully it stays in perpetuity because they're taking away Pac-Man pretty soon, which I've actually never played. I should probably fire it up before it, you know, goes away for good just to play it. But is Tetris uh, still there? Like Tetris is still there. I think Tetris is I think the world would be set on fire if they took Tetris. <laughs> like, I don't think that would go over well at all. That game's still super popular from what I understand. I mean, that's the one I played the most uh, for sure. Same. Like among all those. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend some time with Dev zero. Yeah. Marcus, what's the farthest you've made it? I'm trying not to confuse like the tutorial races. Cause those don't count. I was like, I got in third place. So I was like, oh, wait, that was like <laughs> against bots. Um, I think like 32 was my best so far like 32 second place and also granted i feel like that scales because a lot of people get knocked out so like the ratio changes but i guess Mm. you still outlasted like 20 other people right because it was like i think it was by the end it was like 32 out of 50 something but then 40 people got killed so Mm. still Mm. means like still means i out survived or out 
perform better than them. So hey, I'm uh, still proud of you, man. Thank you, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, also, would you be proud of me if I told you that I finished the Mortal Kombat One campaign this weekend? Yeah, just uh, killing it, man. Congratulations! I did kill a lot of people <laughs> in that story mode. Uh, I'll, I'll I won't spend too much time on this. I'll just sort of give my my general thoughts on just everything that I because I, I think I talked last week about uh sort of like the beginning part of it, but now that I'm done with it, I will say I liked it but i don't think i loved it oh, and i think okay. yeah i think i'll take 11's campaign which was just so wild and just so and this game gets pretty wild too but i think it does it better in mk11 and granted they were kind of concluding a trilogy at that point but i, I think in terms of it being consistently entertaining i would take the new one or, or, or 11 i should say my biggest problem with the new one is that it ends in just like it goes completely off the rails, but I think it goes off the rails in sort of a not great way, mainly mm. because it, it, at a certain point, and I'm, I'm speaking vague because I don't want to spoil, but there's a clear point in the story where they sort of abandon everything they had built up or, or set up it beforehand with like these new versions of the characters and sort of the more intimate story of like, this is the conflict within Liu Kang's new world. And then a thing happens where they're like, hold on. There's something bigger at play here. And then it completely focuses on that in a way where it doesn't even touch on everything that was going on up to that point. Because it shifts its focus to this kind of grander plan and, and, and like threat where it's like, OK, this is cool. But what what about the other people that we were just spending like a few hours with? And then by the time you get back to them, it feels really jarring of like, oh, oh, these guys. OK, yeah, we're back. Um, ah. But then by that point, the it, the story's basically over, and I didn't really like that because I was pretty invested in like the story up to that point, and even with the big twist of like here's what's actually at play here, it was like oh this is cool. But then as it went on and on, I was like wait a second, I'm weren't we weren't we just hanging out and maybe because it doesn't really resolve a bunch of the threads that they had introduced where like there's characters and you're like okay this person is fighting because of this. But we never found out what happened. Like, did they, are they cured of their disease or did this person get accepted with their people again? Like, like things like that. We're like, you don't get any follow up to sort of the, the, um, like their Just reasons like for fighting threads, basically. basically. Yeah. And, and not in a way where it's like, oh, I'm sure they'll touch on that in the next game. It's like, I don't know if they will, honestly. I don't know. Oh, if, okay. I don't know if they're big enough. I, I feel like they'll just kind of move on. Right. Uh, and they'll just say, like, ah, just assume that it worked out for them maybe i don't know um like i would be like, like the end of uh I, I, have you guys seen the the end of fight club um yeah like mm -hmm. the the chinese ending oh fight yeah, yeah you yeah. heard about this it just oh like, yeah i think right it like uh right before the buildings explodes it fades to black and there's like credits that just say uh tyler durden was arrested and sent to prison <laughs> like that. it was basically they were just shy of the uh, the Simpsons clip where uh, Homer's running for sanitation management. He's at the U2 concert. And it was just like, don't worry. Tyler Durden got the help he needs. And then you see Tyler Durden get beat up in prison by security guards. <laughs> like, it feels like that's what they really wanted to do. And they're like, uh, maybe we should tone it down a bit. But we clearly don't like the original ending of this guy basically getting away with what we think is like a crime. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
But uh, yeah, sorry to derail you, but it just kind of doesn't feel like just sort of a suddenly fade to black in the and maybe something happened. And that's yeah, like, like there, I had my shoulders shrugged like this. Like, wait, 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 what about uh, all the, oh, the stuff yeah. there? What about those guys? Are, are we gonna see what happened to them or no? Okay, um, so like, like as again, as entertaining as the last sort of like third of it is because it gets so 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 off the rails and so over the top, like comedically so. And granted, a lot of it is intentional because there's just God, we need. To, I almost want to do a spoil in this game because it gets just <laughs> that last third gets so wacky. But like, it kind of comes at the expense of sort of like tossing aside a lot of the threads that they had built up prior to it in terms of the individual characters that were uh, kind of treated as main players and then very quickly like, no, they're not. <laughs> they do not matter. Uh, so I, I am disappointed with that. But overall, I mean, like in terms of presentation and cinematography, it's definitely the best one that they've done. I just wish that the it was just a little bit more uh, consistent and maybe even at points coherent. <laughs> uh, not a lot so, yeah. to ask for, frankly, yeah. coherency. But I'm excited playing Cocoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or Super Bomberman R. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. But yeah, I, I'm excited to jo- uh, jump into the other stuff. I haven't touched anything, uh, the other modes in MK1 because I wanted to finish the campaign. So I want to check out Invasions and Towers and, and get online now uh, and see how all that sort of stacks up. But uh, yeah, that is, that is my, my Mortal Kombat 1 update. And I think that will spell the end of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us, you know, everyone listening. Kyle, thank you. Charles, thank you. Uh, do you guys uh, have anything else you want to throw out there real quick before we uh, say goodbye about like games or, or just life? I know that's a strange question for me to ask, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. would you like to speak? <laughs> Check out uh, GameInformer.com. Marcus wrote all kinds of Spider-Man and Final Fantasy and Alan Wake stuff. I think uh i think next week is the next cover reveal i think right? oh wow. yeah it is next tuesday and we've been streaming those pretty consistently so we will stream the cover reveal on uh let's see let's throw the date out there uh it would be nice if i had a calendar in front it of would me. be october 3rd right okay so october 3rd tuesday october 3rd usually around I think uh, 11 a.m. Central Time is when we reveal yeah. the new covers. Uh, so uh, tune in for that. I'm excited about this one. I People mean, have been asking us. Lately, I'm excited I just... for all of them, but I this is another one that I'm excited for. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some comments on different like videos and, and articles of people specifically being like, when are you guys going to announce the October cover? Well, uh, now you know, October, October 3rd. 3rd. And um, yeah, just to jump into housekeeping real quick, uh, just a reminder on that note about the cover is that single issues of Game Informer, you can buy them now. Just go to your GameStop. Uh, I've, we've seen photos of them, like, just putting them out on display now, like, on the shelves. Like, it seems like some stories you don't have to just ask them, uh, like the employees. It seems like they're just there to grab, which is pretty cool. But they're uh, $5.99 each. You can get a lot of the, uh, pretty much, like, the recent issues or pretty much all the issues from, like, 2023, which is nice. If you're watching the video version, you can see uh, Charles here holding up the Assassin's Creed Mirage, our current cover story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle also oh, yeah, Assassin's too. Creed Mirage. I don't know. I, I didn't get the memo. Mine's in the next room. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hold mine up. Uh, it would have been the, the trifecta. There's no way of knowing if it exists. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, it, it's a great way to support Game Informer. We'd appreciate it if you, uh, you know, pick up some issues for you, your friends, your grandma, whoever wants one. Go do it. 
Uh, she loves I'm, Assassin's Creed Mirage. She's a super fan. Probably. I mean, depending on how old they are, they might have been around in some of those games' as eras. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, it's a great way to support us as well is subscribing to our Twitch channel. Uh, we usually try to stream a couple times a week, uh, every Friday, uh, doing replay, including our ongoing Mortal Kombat 9 super replay that uh, myself and Kyle are currently enjoying. We uh, did our third episode last week. There's a chance that this coming episode might be the last one. Uh, uh, now, is this a Banjo-Kazooie situation where we said it was the last episode for like a month straight? I only, I, I only say that with a question mark because I remember the final fight in that game being very hard. So uh, there's so a good might, chance. Might spend some time on that. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But just where we are or where we left off last week, it's like, okay, I think we could finish this within like two hours so. We shall see, but I already have the the next super replay in in, in mind, and it's an exciting one that mm-hmm. I have to actually let you in on, Kai. Yeah, point. this is news to me. Uh, so yeah, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Remember, subscribing to the Twitch channel gets you access to the Game Informer Discord channel as well. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're on X, right there. See it? We're on that thing. Uh, we're on Blue Sky as well, as well as uh, Threads, uh, Instagram, TikTok. You know, some Facebook as well. You know, follow us on any of those if you like those. Keep up with all of our uh, news and updates. Uh, if you want to follow us individually, all three of us are on at least one of those things. Uh, if you want to follow me, I am on uh, Twitter slash X as well as Blue Sky at Marcus Stewart 7. Uh, Kyle, where are you at? I'm either Kyle M. Hilliard or Kyle Hilliard with no M. I, I was able to get it on Blue Sky without without an M. Uh, so. The M is gone. The M is gone. Yeah, you oh. can find me. I post a lot of TikTok actually lately. That's where I I put a lot of like uh, video game clips there. I feel like it's a good platform for just sharing. Hey, here's here's me in uh, Resident Evil Four Separate Ways DLC throwing a grenade uh, to block an axe coming at my head. <laughs> you know, like I like it's like oh yeah, I'll put that online somewhere. Yeah, you make yeah, some good fun. TikToks. Oh, thank you. Uh, Charles, where can folks find you online? I'm I'm at all three of those places. Um, ChuckDuck365. I mainly only post on X slash Twitter, even though I don't like it. It's just the <laughs> it's just the most people. That are you guys yeah. like me, where you're silently hoping that Elon Musk pulls the trigger on that paywall to finally give you an excuse yeah. to yes. to abandon it for it. good? Please, <laughs> you're almost like Dude, dare yeah. egging him on to do it. Like, do it, please. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you want to i was about to spoil bomberman r but i'm not gonna (laughs) you got to go back to that other section (laughs) i know i know i know the exact joke you're gonna make it was really hard for me to open my review with that joke anyways continue marcus uh if you enjoy listening to this podcast you can check out our other podcast all things nintendo hosted by brian shay posted every friday and also as always a super special duper chocolate covered shout out to matt storm aj aka dj storm again our awesome podcast editor who also has two fantastic podcasts you should check out uh the first is fun and games and the second is reignite which is a bioware focused podcast and yeah, I know we haven't done them in a while, but uh, definitely want to 
get back to doing some listener questions, you know? So send us your questions either at podcast at GameInformer.com or if you're in our Discord channel, you can drop them into Game Informer Show. And you know what? Just feel free like to just drop questions in there for us to ask. You don't have to wait for us to prompt you. If you just have something on your mind, drop them in that Discord channel and, you know, we'll gather them up in a nice big pile and answer them on the show. So thank you guys for watching. Thanks for listening as well. And we'll see you next week with another episode of the Game Informer Show. All right.